Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording... Your next storyteller is a professional storyteller. He loves themed ties, and he has eaten at every Bojangles in the state of Virginia. Give it up for Anthony Bircher! Thank you, Brendan. Good evening. Now, for 10 years of our married life, my wife and I lived in Greenville, North Carolina. We loved it. Now, we had this little tiny house, and for some reason, one day my wife said, we need trellises. Now, I'd been married long enough to realize we needed trellises if she said so. Now, I've met... I've met some folks that don't know what a trellis is. A trellis is the perfect stepladder to buy for somebody you don't like. Because they're not going to hold it. Flimsy as can be. I've seen a wet kitten collapse a trellis before. And so, but I says, yes, honey, I will get us some trellises. She wanted two trellises. So I went to the phone, called my friend Dave. He worked at the local hardware store. I said, Dave, you got any trellises over there? He says, no, you need to go to one of the box stores. Now, he did not care for the box stores one bit. He says, you need to either go to Slow's or Home Despot. I says, fine, I'll go over to Slow's. Went over there, and I bought the last two trellises that they had. Took them out to my car, tied them to the roof. My car was a 1974 Ford Pinto. And yes, wonderful car, did not explode ever. And my 1974 Ford Pinto, best downhill car ever made. <laughs> Little gravity behind you, you're on your way. Heat every summer, air conditioning every winter, it's a fine car. But I tried tied the trellises to the roof, I'm heading home. I was like, oh, I need gas. Pulled into the gas station. This is back when they had just started self-service gas stations. So you could pump your own gas, but you still had to go inside and pay. So I went inside to pay, and a little girl behind the counter, she goes, Oh, you got more than eight gallons. Would you like the free car wash? I'm like, Yeah, free car wash. And so she gave me that little token. I went out there, and I put it in a little machine, and I pulled into the car wash. I was so tickled getting this free car wash. And I watched way down at the other end, uh, this big brush start to warm up, start to spinning. And then I felt the ka-chunk. That machine grabs you and holds you. You're not escaping your free car wash once you get it. I said, well, awesome. And I saw the this, this, this soap just start to coming down. I was so happy. And I saw these other brushes getting closer on the other side, swirling around. And that's when I realized or remembered the trellises on the top of the car. Kawam! It hit like the worst thunderstorm ever. It was like a cyclone of soap suds and wood parts from the trellis. They just kept coming around and around. Each time they'd come around, they'd just get smaller and smaller every time they would come by. By the time that car wash let me loose, I didn't have a piece of wood left bigger than my pinky. I drove home. My wife comes out in the yard. She says, where's the trellises? I said, they were out. <laughs> Which is true. It's kind of true because they're out. And so uh, I thought, see, right then, the, one of the worst things happened to me that could ever happen to you, I got away with it. And so I was like, huh. See, from that point forward, I was enabled. 
And now, one of the things I loved about living in Greenville, North Carolina, I could come home to Tidewater, York County, where my folks are from, visit my mom whenever I wanted. When I came home, good southern mom, she would make me whatever food I wanted, okay? And she had her own wiener hole back at her house. And however, she met me high dose, but my favorite thing she made was fried sweet potatoes. Oh, I love fried sweet potatoes. She would slice them up so thin, put them in that oil, get them nice and hot, pull them out, put sugar on them. Oh, it was an amazing thing. But one time I was up visiting. She says, Anthony, I bought way too many sweet potatoes. You need to take some home back to Carolina with you. I was like, Ma, I can't cook a thing. I said, I'll just be a waste of sweet potatoes. She says, now, Anthony, you've got a frying pan at home, don't you? I said, well, yeah. And she says, well, um, you got some corn oil, don't you? I'm like, well, yeah, sure, we got corn oil. She says, it's so easy. Heat up the corn oil in your frying pan, slice the potatoes thin, put them in there. I said, fine, I will try it. Went back home. A couple days later, I remembered the sweet potatoes. I says, oh, I need to cook them things before they go bad. Went in the kitchen. I pulled out what we called the good frying pan. We had paid money for this frying pan with this space-age coating. Nothing could stick to it. You could, take, you could take a grilled cheese, burn it down to its base elements. It would slide right on your plate. This was an amazing frying pan. So I got the good frying pan, put it on the stove. I said, corn oil. I knew up in that little cabinet. We all have, oh, no, there's that little clear bottle. And I pulled it down. It didn't say corn oil. It said corn syrup. Now, in my brain, I'm thinking... That's got to be the same stuff. Because it makes no sense to me that one little piece of corn could give you two different liquids. That makes no sense. And so I poured it into the pan, turned the Oh, it started smelling so good. I said, this, this is going to be better than mom's. And then I sliced up those potatoes, put them in the pan. And friends, I will tell you, honestly, to my knowledge, those sweet potatoes are still in that pan today. <laughs> Now, it's a couple days later. I hear my wife in the kitchen. She's getting ready to cook something. And then I hear, have you seen the good frying pan? I said, I said what? She says, have you seen the good frying pan? I was emboldened. I said, not lately. And so I escaped. And I couldn't believe it. I escaped again. Now, we eventually moved back to Virginia, back home. I started working for a local museum. I'm not going to tell you which one. But I go around the state of Virginia talking to school kids about John Smith and Pocahontas. You can figure out which museum it is. It's a wonderful job. They send me all over the state. And one of the joys of this job is after school. You will go out to the local history, local museums, local culture, whatever there is to see. Oh, it's a fun job. And one time they sent me to Covington, Virginia beautiful place and they had something there called humpback bridge i went to it after school that's an amazing thing it's a covered bridge built into an arch it was wonderful to go see i went back to the hotel and i called my wife she says what'd you go see today i was like humpback bridge i said but i'm a little worried there's not much up here in covington i don't know what i'm gonna do after school tomorrow and she said just down the street from your hotel is a cave now my wife is a caver. She's not a spelunker. That's pretentious. She goes, she goes wild caving. 
And she said, now, I am a big, she's a little tiny person. I'm a big person. I'm like, I don't go into caves. And she says, no, you won't get trapped or anything. It's a really big cave with a large room. It's just a mile from your hotel. Go in there. She says, don't forget to carry a flashlight. It's really dark in caves. I wouldn't have thought of that. But she says, take your flashlight. You'll be fine. I says, all right. So the next day after school, I went and found the cave right where she said it was. It was kind of like a cartoon cave. It was in the side of a mountain with that big arched door that you don't really expect. But I got my flashlight. And I'm walking up to the cave. I'm like, well, that is odd. Near the mouth of the cave were just a bunch of animal bones right there in front of the cave. I said, look at that, animal bones. So I went in the cave, and it, it was really big. And the floor was flat. Most caves don't have a flat floor. This one did. And it was really huge. So I says, I will explore the right side of the cave, and then I'll get to the end and turn around and come back to the other side. And she had told me, she says, there's a point at the back of the cave where you don't go any further. I says, what are you talking about? She says, you won't be able to get out. Just don't go past that point. I said, well, how will I know what that point is? And she says, you will know. I said, all right. So I'm in there exploring. I got my flashlight. It was amazing. Stalactites, stalagmites everywhere, rock formations. It was a pretty cool cave. I get to the back of the cave. There's this huge boulder. So I climb on top of it, shine my light down there, and I realize if I go down there, I'm not coming back out. This is the point. I said, fine. Turn around, start exploring the other side of the cave on the way back out. And I'm looking at these stalagmites. They're really impressive. And then I felt my feet starting to crunch something. Something was crunching under my feet. And I put the flashlight down there. It was chicken feathers. I was walking through all of these chicken feathers. I said, what in the world? And so I kept going a little further. And there were chicken bones on the floor. I'm like, who has been plucking chickens in a cave? This makes no sense to me. I went a little further. And there in one clear spot, somebody had drawn, painted really, a star on the floor of that cave. Just like we did in elementary school, up and down and across and across and back down. And at each point of the star, somebody had placed these beer bottles. I said, a bunch of drunk chicken pickers have come in here and done this. It made no sense. And each beer bottle, there was a little candle that had burned down all the way. I said, this is the oddest thing. I went back to the hotel. I called my wife up. I says, honey, that was the strangest cave I've ever been in. I've been in two total. I says, she says, well, what was wrong? I says, I went in there. There's all these animal bones. And then there was all these chicken feathers. And then somebody had painted a star on the floor and put beer bottles on all the points. She says, yeah. She says, a lot of Satan worshipers go to that cave. I said, wait, 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 wait a minute. I said, you just sent me by myself into a cave where you know Satan worshipers go. I said, what in the world were you thinking? And she said, I was thinking you owe me a non-stick frying pan. <laughs> Friends, thank you all so much. If you'd like to tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, plenty of ways to pitch your story, and our podcast featuring storytellers from previous shows. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.